This week on Content Minded, I am joined by my good friend Forrest to discuss many things, such as his experience as a Zoomer in the university system, his writings about the works of thinkers such as Yuval, or as I say, evil Noah Harari, Ted Kaczynski, Jacques Ellul, and others, and among other topics such as the nature of conspiracy theories, industrial or post-industrial society, and what the future holds in terms of academic discourse. Thank you very much for joining me once again on another great episode of Content Minded, because content, good content, shall set you free. That's sick, yeah. man. It's yeah, like Niagara Falls is sort of like a second home because when my mother came here in the seventies, that's where my mother, my grandmother, my, my grandparents lived. And mm. so I was always like living in between the town I live in and Niagara Falls. So yeah. it's have you ever seen the movie um Disappearance of Clifton Hill? You know that movie? No, I think no it doesn't ring a bell. Yeah, I think Cronenberg actually he cameoed oh, I love in it. Cronenberg. Produced yeah. it, yeah. But I actually like watched. Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. What did you watch? Yeah, I watched uh, my first Cronenberg movie recently called The Fly. Have you, have you oh, seen that, that one? Oh, that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's yeah, that was my introduction movie. to Cronenberg. I was like, not oh, Videodrome. No, like not Existence, The Fly. That, <laughs> that <one>. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like it? It was good, though. Like, it was key. I, yeah, I really liked it. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah. it. Existence yeah. is my favorite. That's, I'll have to check that yeah. one out. You, yeah. it's it's basically the more realistic Matrix. If Matrix was done good, done right, not by. Oh Matrix. really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've, I watched it a very long time ago because my favorite band, um, Nevermore. They actually like, God rest his soul, World Dane. Um, he wrote the album title and the title track, Enemies of Reality, based off of. There's this one speech that uh, I forget the guy's name gives when they're in the ai program and he's like well these this corporation that runs things is the enemies of reality and so i'm like oh, <laughs> kind of like real life. <laughs> yeah. yeah um but no i this prince of clint hill is a really great movie and there's this there's this line where i, I guess but any like town where you live that's a tourist trap has this but particularly yeah. niagara falls where um like you know people that go to clifton hill and they see the attractions and they see the falls that that's an illusion and when you live here you like see behind the scenes and how mundane things are and oh, I, I how things are changing out, yeah yeah but it is true like i mean we're not nearly as bad as like um over in the states the niagara falls new york but we're getting like yeah. it's trending <laughs> to that Dude, you know? you're, you're like a mainer in your disposition like the one thing you should know about mainers is like we hate tourists like there's 45 yeah. million people <laughs> that come to maine every year dude and this state oh. has like one million people in it when the trees so, go brown and and <laughs> the trees change color that's when they come right? yeah. <laughs> yeah it gets so congested oh the traffic yeah oh, don't even get me started. yeah it's it was, it, it's it's very interesting because like as much as we hate tourists we like need them and even though <laughs> yeah, now exactly. especially the past two years it's like oh yeah. man damn like because they still want this canap passport and no Americans going like come on, no real red blooded Americans going to get this thing to go into Canada. 
So it's like, yeah. what are we going to do? Like, you have better, like, I hate to say it, like, apart from, okay, I shouldn't knock it, but apart from the attractions, um, if you, like, were a hardcore gambler, just go to the Seneca. Like, that's really, yeah. you get to smoke <laughs> yeah. in there, free drinks, like, come on, man. Like, uh, I, I, I can't knock it because I have two aunts that work, that work for, you know, since, like, the beginning. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, my one aunt's retired, but, like, my, they both worked at the, um, what's it called? The Falls View since it opened in, like, 96. So, yeah, yeah. So it's Niagara Falls is pretty significant to me, but it's just this country in general. I just I I have to move, man. I can't I can't. I feel I feel a metaphysical sickness. (laughs) Dude, I. Yeah, man. Like, absolutely. Where where are you uh, thinking about heading off to, you think? Um, depending on which e-girl slides into my DMs. Um, Oh my gosh. uh, (laughs) Depending where she lives. Um, no, I have a lot of friends in New York City, but like, I mean, New York City's kind of going downhill, so I don't know, maybe. Oh, 100%, yeah. I have a lot of friends in Chicago, New York City, and Florida, so maybe Florida. Florida, man. Maybe if Peter Thiel can give me some money, then then I'll move to Flatten. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, Ron DeSantis, like Monarch. Yeah, like, man. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> He's got like a thick beard, a scepter. Thousand year Castiza futurist. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Papism. Um, <laughs> Maine, Maine is an interesting state, though, because it's like you do have people who are like red staters, but you're not like you're northerners. So you're kind of like, you know, like Vermont yeah. has like libertarians and the free state project but like but it's like you know everyone also has bernie sanders so it's like, yeah it's yeah. it's pretty cool like you know that flag it was flown at like january 6th it's become kind of like loosely associated with like eco-terrorism yeah um, yeah the appeal to heaven flag oh yeah well, yeah. yeah it looks yeah. like exactly like a Maine's original state flag <laughs> yeah i did a painting yeah. for someone with the appeal to heaven flag yeah, I'm gonna have to censor the sick, the January or the sixth. Like I'm gonna for <laughs> YouTube, but people, oh yeah, that's all right. Well, usually after 30 minutes, you could get you know, because usually the spicier stuff I always paywall for you know. Yeah. When you Hitler's bound start. to come up in the conversation somehow, right? It's like that law. The Austrian painter. I'm gonna have to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what we call him the Austrian painter. Yeah. Um. So yeah, eventually, yeah, eventually, like, well. I mean, depending on the guest, of course. Like, I, I, I think the worst defend. I forget the worst defender. It may have been Nuke Kelly, but like that was. Yeah. Because you know, the thing is, you don't want to like disrupt, like, like you don't want to disrupt the conversation, but at the same time, it's kind of a pain in the ass to like go because yeah. I'm paranoid. Like now that I'm I'm monetized now, so. Yeah, I don't blame you, dude. Yeah. So um, oh boy, yeah um. But, but uh, Maine, Maine is interesting. It's kind of like, well, Canada Canada is kind of like, depending on where you are, it's like, okay, imagine if Oregon was a country. That's what Canada is. Um, yeah. With, a bit, with more French people. But, like, that's, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, a lot of French people in Maine, that's for sure. I'm yeah. French Is there a lot of French people in Maine? Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Believe yeah. it or not, a lot of um, French speakers, too. Um, that's my right. Best friend, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My yeah. best friend, his, I think his grandmother, like her original, her first language was French. She's still got like a French accent. It's pretty cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. A lot of them went to Cascadia. It's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
But yeah, like here, <laughs> the French over here, different breed, <laughs> but you know. Um, yeah, so, but anyways, uh, mm. moving on. Uh, so maybe before we get into it, just give us a general, um, I say give me because it's always kind of interesting, like, to pretend yeah. you have an audience in front of you, but you don't. But like, um, no, you know what I mean? Like, as opposed to a live stream where it's like you're aware of like the live chat. It's, but even then, it's kind of interesting. You sort of tune out the fact that these people, like, they're real people that are commenting, but yet you have this like weird, like, text based relationship, which is kind of like what comes up in your work a lot. Um, but we'll, we'll get to yeah. that. We'll get to that. But before we get to that, um, mm -hmm. just maybe a general introduction of like what you do and who you are. And mm -hmm. I, I want to get to your backstory, um, an article, well, developed into a thread, but also an article in the American Sun. And American Sun was published in for years. Um, what happened with your um, former university? Um, former, yeah, yeah, of course, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. I'm actually, that's, this is going to be part, I'm going back there this fall, actually. Oh, I, God. Yeah, oh. kind of a. Kind of a crazy idea, dude. I don't know how it's gonna pan out, but we'll yeah, see. we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what yeah. happens. I, you know, um, it's funny. Like all this, this stuff I've written about, like with you know I, the article in the American Sun and the Twitter thread and all that jazz. I um nobody at Gordon knows about it, <laughs> so like I'm probably just gonna keep it on the down low. Keep yeah. it in like the right wing part of Twitter, you know where yeah yeah people know kayfabe it. Yeah. yeah, you don't want to. I mean. Yeah. If if someone was, I mean, just prepare for one oh, of yeah, these I'm, types yeah. to like bring it up and send it to the dean or whatever. Like just yeah, I can I like not to psych you out obviously, but just I can. You're smart enough to know like that. I can envision this happening. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, hundred like, percent. Yeah. yeah, there's yeah. really no like smoking pistol though. Nothing too egregious. I mean, no, no. The college knows what's going on, and to be honest with you, I think a lot of the faculty is kind of, you know walking on broken eggshells i mean it's like that at like every christian college yeah. but yeah. um <clears throat> i think most of them most of the professors i've had uh lean conservative i had one professor he was uh, my academic advisor um really great guy i think he he's from england and we talked about roger scruton for a little bit so mm, i can definitely yeah. tell you know right wing so on the level <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah not like yeah yeah i mean I was lucky when I went to grad school that I had profs who were like, not on the level politically, but like at least, um, I guess maybe because of the culture war in yeah. uh, around 2015, 16, 17 hadn't like ramped up to the level it was when, you know, Orange yeah. Man took over. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I had one, my one in political science for my MA was like a hardcore. Um, he went to, I believe, UC Berkeley and another um, California university affiliated with Sunny, I think. Um, so he uh, was like a hardcore postmodernist. But like then I had like training in critical theory already. So it was hmm. like we got along. He's a great dude. But yeah, it, it was it was funny, like because my second reader was like a old school, like rad fam. And so they would always <laughs> like butt heads. And it was it was very interesting. Oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah. I wanted to speak <laughs> yeah. of postmodernism. I, I saw you did a video on uh, probably butchering his name here, uh, Byung-Chul Han, yeah, his recent yeah. book on hyperculture. Hyper mm. Yeah, like I, I um, 
I, you know, a lot of people like Jordan Peterson, intellectual dark web types, you know, they kind of hate on postmodernism, but mm. there's a lot of good stuff there, like even with Foucault and or, or Foucault, I mean. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I wanted yeah. to mention that because you mentioned Byung-Chul uh, Byung Han in your thread. But mm. um, yeah, I, I always forget to do the introduction. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, really I'll, I'll start with that. Yeah. So who are you? What do you mm -hmm. do? Um uh what eye color do you have what 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 on the indo-aryan european register eye color? <laughs> so yeah, all that my 23 and me uh profile <laughs> yeah no uh yeah so i i uh, grew up in southern maine um i'd say around like 15 i became like interested in like philosophy and stuff i actually became interested in it um through film specifically mm. stanley kubrick's movies because oh, i always yeah. love to like uh, look at the deeper meaning behind films and Kubrick's films in particular. I'm sure you've seen quite a bit of them, like oh, yeah. Yeah. very amb amb ambiguous films, a um, lot of deeper meanings there, philosophical stuff too. Um, so yeah, that kind of got me interested in philosophy. And I read like Nietzsche in high school as, uh, as many does. do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as everybody. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I became really interested in philosophy kind of read a little bit of Carl Jung too and then like many other young men um I stumbled upon Jordan Peterson and he kind of um so I was liberal for a long time um hmm. uh I, I I tend to be like on the um more open-minded side when it comes to my disposition towards the world so i've always kind of had like a liberal disposition until i kind of like explored more of like the philosophical side of conservatism right, um, right, right. like I, I i read some edmund burke obviously roger scruton um you know all those guys um and then i graduated high school and i i still didn't really know what i wanted to do for a career um I felt kind of aimless, you know. Well, how old are you, if I may ask? If you don't. Yeah, so I'm I'm 21. Oh, so okay, yeah. Because you mm -hmm. mentioned Peterson, because this was around. Um, you you may have been around for I guess what would you call it? Because um, you mentioned young, like around mm -hmm. 2012. I want to say 2011, 2012, 2013. There was like this uptick of interest in like the new age movement again. Like a lot of people we're watching like Terrence McKenna videos and like Alan yeah, yeah. and yeah so but you were maybe a bit too young for that uh because yeah. that's like core millennial like and then all those people those redditors became like weirdo well we'll get into because yeah with your thread <laughs> on uh, I can never I always forget his first name uh, yeah you'll no oh, Harari what's his name Oh, Yuval Noah Harari. Yuval Noah Harari, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> like the mold bug, sure, sure, sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so you you were like basically the target demographic of, I guess you would say, yeah, yeah. the Gamergate to Jordan Peterson, whatever you want to call it, culture war of the 2010s, right? Like you were yeah, like, and I, on the ground I, floor. I read some of uh, Peterson. He has one... So there's this one book I read called The Denial of Death by Ernest Becker. I don't know if yeah. you've heard of it. Yeah. Oh, but um yeah. that that book was very uh transformative for me and he talked a lot about 
Kierkegaard, who was also highly influential and kind of like my intellectual journey, whatever you want to call it. Um, and yeah, Jordan Peterson, he sounded a lot like Ernest Becker. You know, they both talk a lot mm -hmm. about psychoanalysts and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so he kind of just, he took all of the intellectuals and philosophers and spiritual thinkers that I had been reading about up until that point and kind of put them in like a political context. Yes. You know, I, I, I saw what was going on with the left and I kind of had like, um, I wasn't an atheist, but I, you know, I watched Christopher Hitchens as yeah. everybody did yeah. back in the early 2010s. And I, I, I disliked political correctness, but I still considered myself a liberal. But I didn't, I didn't know what like a classical liberal was, which obviously he identified with. Um, and I, like I, I've talked to a lot of young guys too, as I'm sure you have. Mm -hmm. And um, he's, you know, you could say what you will about Jordan Peterson and everything. And, you know, I, I don't agree with ev everything he says anymore. He's um, a gatekeeper. No, 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 no. I, I still agree with a lot of stuff that he said. Yeah, yeah. Say but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he's people like him and even Ben Shapiro, regardless of what your thoughts are on him, like they've, you know, spread these messages they so were the far. first red pills they were like the ground floor of like yeah exactly pill. yeah 100 percent. even like the terminology red pill is kind of like i'm just remembering like because because recently you know lauren southern put out that a person i don't necessarily like but put out that video right and i just yeah. i can remember being there coming out of grad school and like uh like, like it, it seems like, yeah, like figures like Jordan Peterson very much gave a lot of young men in particular, and some young women, their first yeah. doses, their first micro doses of like whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Red Bull uh, belief or, yeah. Yeah. Oh, 100%. so you were like a, you were like a product of this quote unquote radicalization pipe. <laughs> yeah. 100%. So, yeah. So how'd you get from like to Jordan Peterson to, uh, um, I'm trying to think of a meme. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the James Mason. No, I'm kidding. No, 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 no. no. Shut it down. No. Um, Shut it like, down. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, from the Peterson to Siege Pipeline. Yeah. That, by the time oh, my you, gosh. By the time you finish one chapter of uh, Maps of Meaning, you're going to start wearing the skull mask and have Dude, the spinning wheels. I, I, I dated a girl who read Siege. I can't believe I... Oh, no! <laughs> I was, like, dumbfounded. Oh. I'm like, why did you read that? I hope but, you got um... tested, but that's, that's all. That's all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Manic e-girl so... that uses, but uses racism as a personality. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's perfect, because, like, wh whenever I, like... <laughs> this is I'll digress a sec here but like you know that's one commonality you can find with like Zoomer girls nowadays is uh, oh, Ted yeah. Kaczynski cause like they all yeah, watch true. true crime so like you know just be like hey have you ever heard of the Unabomber that guy who like you know wrote that manifesto and they're like oh yeah I watched an episode and you know, I'm like oh well, well there's a lot more to special? say <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah oh uh, yeah. And then that's the first thing. That's the in. And then at the end of that process, she's wearing the sunflower dress, <laughs> and she's yeah. baking. She's baking pies with the spinny wheel <laughs> on it, and she's posting them to Instagram. So that's how exactly. you exactly. Um, yep. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's that's so how you, you win them over, dude. You start by talking about climate change and all that, and then sooner or later they're like, and then crystals oh and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then you give them the book by Evola on magic instead <laughs> yeah. of instead of the baby witch stuff. So there you go. They'll post exactly. TikToks reading from the Evola book on magic. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. Um. So you so you were basically like one of the sort of the kids that founded, you know, found, I, I guess, what would you call them? The initial, um, like, dark web or alt-light, like, you know, e-personalities, like Ben Shapiro yeah. owning the Lib compilation, this type of decade, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th those were pretty popular amongst my friends, too, and obviously my friends were pretty influential, my, my best friend Andrew in particular, um, he's in the National Guard right now, he's amazing guy, just very intelligent um i've been really lucky i have a lot of good friends and stuff but um yeah so i i graduated high school just kind of felt you know like i wasn't really sure where i was going if i wanted to go to school or you know do a trade or something like that but i i'd always been interested in philosophy and then i read this other book which was you know just completely blew my mind um why liberalism failed by patrick Deneen. oh yeah have yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. when they came out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that book in particular, like, just totally, it it kind of put every my entire life into context. Cause throughout my entire life, I I never really felt like I I belonged anywhere. You know what I mean? Uh, like I my parents divorced when I was pretty young, mm -hmm. and uh, you know I always I I wasn't I wouldn't really consider myself like an outcast or anything. But I you know I just I marched the beat of my own drum wasn't really interested in like um you know after school sports and and all that stuff i mean i love playing sports but like just didn't really join in as a like obsession or like a bourgeois like pursuit yeah yeah and when he talks about liberalism in that book he mentions how you know in a lot of these western industrialized countries you know social capital has been declining charles murray talks about this too and coming apart uh, just the communal fabric of the nation um, has been withering for, you know, I mean, even uh, I think it was Robert Nisbet. Um, he wrote this book called The Quest for Community. Um, in yeah, the yeah. Even yeah. he talked about how in the 50s, you know, an era we associate with conservatism and, and tight knit communities, even he was talking about how then, you know, America's social fabric was decaying. And, you know, growing up, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, I just I, I didn't really have didn't really feel that sense of belonging. And then I read that book and it put everything into context. And I was like, you know, I, I need to be part of something bigger than myself. And I thought, you know, I, I love politics. Um, you know, around this time, too, I was starting to um, become more Christian. I read this book by Carl Jung, The Undiscovered Self. Oh, yeah. And Carl, Carl Jung, I mean, his Christianity is pretty complex, but uh, the answer is Quasi-gnostic, yeah. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah basically, yeah. right? Um, that really resonated with me. Um, and after that, yeah, I, I, I was looking for Christian colleges in the New England area, and I stumbled upon Gordon, uh, Gordon College. It's a college, non-denominational Christian school, um, kind of like outside of the Boston area. Um, near Manchester by the sea. 
Is it affiliated? And, um, oh, okay. but is it affiliated with any larger um, university, or is it um, on its own? I, I think it's yeah, it's it's private. I think it's on its own. Okay, um, yeah, it's a, it's one of the last mm -hmm. like true like private Christian universities in America. Because yeah. like, unfortunately, like all us Catholic universities got taken over pretty hard, <laughs> like Georgetown yeah. and yeah, yeah. Dude, speaking um, of which, I'll, I'll di digress r real quick. I met. Um, this cool girl recently, just like a friend, and she uh, she goes to Franciscan University in Ohio. Yeah, I I, and... I knew a guy that lectured there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, they're actually reading. Um, I I think this is how you pronounce his first name, Alistair McIntyre. Yeah, yeah. After work, you. I'm like, yeah, Let's they have go. a lot. Of, it's <laughs> yeah, and they they have a lot of like uh, postmodern theology people that go there. Um, Do they, they really? Yeah, yeah them um like they'll read like marion and other people like that um oh, cool. the guy i i knew he would come to my university like almost every year in the philosophy department and he uh was a levinasian but he he lectured a lot like he knew um quite a bit about like the sort of more cutting edge stuff and like people like like object-oriented ontology stuff like mila so oh, we would we would talk about that um because like like ooo is kind of interesting but like it's to me, it's like the closest that like academic philosophy nowadays can get to metaphysics without actually like doing metaphysics. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> and of course, like it's always a mixed bag because you do get like interesting people that publish in like Urbanomic and uh, Barso, but then you get people like Graham Harmon. So that's, like, <laughs> you know, upset. Yeah. Like, you know, there's, I'm probably blocked. I am blocked by Graham Harmon. My God, anyone, <laughs> anyone who fall who is followed by Nick Land uh, is blocked by Graham Harmon. So. <laughs> That's how it works. Yeah. Um, so you went. So you went to university. Um, I. Mm -hmm. It's funny because I remember when I was in high school, many moons ago. My <laughs> book, the book that I discovered was um, "Man in Search." Um, what's it called? "Man in Search of, of a Soul." Man Search for. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. By Carl Jung. Yeah, it was like a really like small, like, cra like the the cover had crazing on it, and I just for some reason it was some compulsion that made yeah. me pick it up and, and it was i guess a voice from a muse and i i remember hiding it in the library i would go like after lunch um instead of hanging out with friends I would go, like uh, yeah i was just on a mission and uh from there like way before the peterson thing um yeah, yeah. I, I was really really big into carl young i, I believe oh, i have almost awesome, all of his dude. collected works yeah um, yeah he's 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 great even his writings on politics too like um yeah it's it's funny uh, you say that. itself oh, is like yeah. the political essay from Young. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I um, I actually forgot to mention. I kind of had like a similar experience to you. Like you just serendipitously kind of stumbled upon Young. That was kind of how I actually like got interested in philosophy in the first place. So I like, I was going through that part of adolescence. Sorry, I'm like kind of circling back here. Yeah, yeah. Um. I, I was going through that part of adolescence where you kind of start to become more conscious of your own mortality. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I there's that weird the period concept. when you hit like yeah. 17, 18 years old. Where, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, I was yeah. thinking about like, what is eternal oblivion? Just all these questions. I obviously had way too much time to think. But um, I remember one day I was in like this this rundown bookshop that you know one of those used bookshops where they just got like everything and stuff is yeah I, I live near one like in the bigger town and near me yeah i yeah those so are you, the best yeah yeah 
And I found the smells this book. that you can encounter oh, in one of those. Food, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially this... if you live in a good tip for people. If you live near a university that has a very interesting like political science or philosophy department, then you will get like grad students of old will put their books oh, and yeah, yeah. yeah so. Hundred percent. Good 100%. tip right there. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I found this book called um, Descartes' Bones by Rus Russell Shortell, I think the author's name is. Um, and it basically, it talks about Rene Descartes um, mm -hmm. and the history of his skull. It's kind of like, um, does like a genealogy, like a history of who got his skull, where, where it was during like the French Revolution. Yeah, there was um, usually a story about his skull. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and it talks about his philosophy too, and obviously consciousness. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, there's so many thinkers and philosophers that talk about this stuff. And, you know, obviously he talked about whether consciousness is rooted um, in the brain, I mean, the body, or if it's, you know, in some other, you know, other world, you know, supernatural, whatever. Um, and he talked about the pineal gland, <laughs> how it's like the conduit of like the soul or something. And I'm like, wait a minute. Joe Rogan talks about the pineal. Yeah, this is very much <laughs> yeah. the progression of Joe Rogan, Terrence McKenna, Descartes. Maybe yeah, eventually you'll get to Nietzsche, and then <laughs> it's like that's the bro, like the bro canon of like 2010s yeah, like millennial philosophy. You know? Yeah, Alex Jones, like libertarian esque. Yeah. <laughs> then either you branch out into like being either a theory cell. Or being on the far right or being on the far left, depending on like what yes. stop sign you go down the road, on which like crossroads you go down. Yeah, like, either depending on you, whether you had a bad relationship with your mom or your dad. Yeah, yeah. You either yeah. slough it off and start going on Reddit, then you eventually find like RedTube, <laughs> or you keep going and then you'll eventually you'll hit like, you'll start buying urbanomic books and start reading about <laughs> like spinal catastrophism, or, or like maybe you'll maybe hit on like, Nick Land, Julius Evola, Curtis Yard, <laughs> like, Yeah, depending. it took me a little yeah. longer to find those guys. Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so I, I went to Gordon. Um, it was kind of a crazy time. I was even wondering whether we would have in-person classes because this was, I graduated in 2019 from high school. So this is right um, before the uh, the Chinese delicacy era. Yeah, the Chinese, yeah, yeah, yeah the, yeah. the coof. Um, <laughs> yeah, so there was... Yeah, I remember 2020, you know, during the lockdown period, um, I, I did a lot more reading on like post-liberal thinkers. I stumbled upon E. Michael Jones. I read oh, Libido nice. Dominandi. So that was, was the like, one for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, that that's a fantastic book. Oh my gosh. Um, and that'll tie into what we talk to after talk about after with um. Yuval Noah Harari, but mm. yeah, so I, I read a lot of like post-liberal thinkers. Um, I also found this other really great book um, actually on Maine called The Way Life Should Be. Um, it, ha mm. it has a forward by uh, a certain Kevin McDonald. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, it talks uh. about like the immigration lobby in Maine, um, which I mean, I it like names names, you know, follows the money, and it, it's it's a perfect kind of like proxy for what's going on in like the nation. 
yeah um, yeah on like a macro level uh so that book um definitely made me realize that you know the small c conservatism that i had kind of um been absorbing over the years wasn't really quite fit for what's going on <laughs> right now i've and then obviously e michael jones's stuff and you know i did watch a little bit of uh nick puentes and <laughs> and stuff like that um and then the blm riots came around so at this point i had already been friends with a lot of the incoming gordon students um hmm. that were going to be starting school in the fall um and this event it was like unprecedented like i remember in high school you know people being like depressed and sad and angry over trump getting elected but nobody was like <laughs> nobody was like really interested in politics you know what i mean it just like people had like a loose attachment to it it but was this, a fashionable thing to be yeah, like upset yeah, yeah. yeah. but I don't know what happened, what was in the ether or what, but like this, first it started with the, um, uh, it, not George Floyd, the other guy. Um, um Aubrey, no, yeah. Michael, well, Michael Brown, that's, that's old. That's like, yeah, that, that was like back in like 2015. Yeah, but, um, yeah. I'm thinking of the other one that happened like right before. The, the two guys that confronted the, then the construction yard or. Yeah. Yeah. That one. Oh, yeah. that Aubrey. A Aubrey Ames, I forget his last name. Aubrey, I know his name. Yeah. Is, yeah, yeah. They got life in prison recently, I believe. Yeah. 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 And I, I just remember, like, you know, on my Instagram, seeing just everybody post, like, you know, those infographics. I don't know if you use Instagram or follow any. Yeah, gamers, yeah. But... I have a new one. My old one got hacked. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah. Giant Productions. Giant under slash production uh giant slash art slash productions at instagram so yeah, yeah yeah but i remember like that was the uh it wasn't the black square another or no that yeah was blackout tuesday yeah blackout yeah. tuesday and the the racism pyramid which i think christopher rufo he tweeted about that once it it says that um color blindness is quote-unquote covert um white supremacy so i saw that and i was like since when did everybody move like all the way to the left like among i mean i knew my generation was like liberal and stuff but i didn't know it was this bad and um it yeah but it's what just, really it's very indicative of, like 2010s culture war like that's yeah yeah like the discourse around like race about like the typical like classic lib like ben shapiro joe rogan like it's crazy yeah. out there but then <laughs> You have the other side, which is like you know, colorblindness isn't is a covert form of oppression, and and it, I remember at this time like there, there really was like a, as much as it was exciting, especially when Trump got elected, it was very much like yeah. there there was things in the works in Frog Twitter at the time, uh, in the underground, but then in the surface though, like a lot of those e celebs, like it, it just became about like uh, the yeah, like the typical just like it very much was i think an age of innocence in the sense of the discourse oh, yeah. wasn't fully maturated into like what we have now which i mean nowadays it's terrible but like it, <laughs> yeah. all those all that stuff is cringe now to talk about <laughs> well yeah. no why can't we have colorblindness oh no that's what that's white supremacy it's like 
oh man like that's that's yeah. such you know that's 20 Dude, 2014 stuff i i'm so sad that i wasn't able to experience trump's victory as a conservative <laughs> like, yeah, yeah i was a liberal yeah, at the time yeah. and i i remember like riding the school bus the next day i didn't get my license until i i graduated high school but um, I, I remember they were playing Imagine by John Lennon on the sports. <laughs> <laughs> and even then of when course, I was liberal, even when I was liberal, I'm like, okay, we're, we're, this is kind of pathetic. Like, this yeah, is, yeah. You know? The ultimate cope song. Like that, that song is responsible for more evil than <laughs> anything else in the world. Like people blame rap. Well, I mean, well, I don't know. People, they like to chide rap music, but that yeah. song imagine pretty much is i think like the uh like the contemporary like um whatever you want to call it, like the the contemporary um powers that be uh worldview right there <laughs> yeah 100 like percent. yeah yeah that's the worldview of klaus schwab right there. <laughs> yeah literally like don't even read the great reset just listen to that song literally yeah it's like you don't even have to bother reading the great reset <laughs> um so yeah, so you're going through this time and you're like in this you're in the peak of the upswing of like the post Gamergate, like Trumpian era, uh then now the the C uh Chinese Delicacy era. Um yeah. this is like sort of like the groundwork for um going into the like on the cusp of the twenty twenties and all of its mm -hmm. horrors and uh, that we're living through. Um so yeah, so you're like of this very interesting, like older Zoomer generation, which is sort of like in between millennials, like me, and mm -hmm. the Zoomers proper. So yeah, yeah, I mean, interesting in that regard, I would say. But yeah, yeah. So. It, it was just I remember um, around this time I stumbled upon Zero HP Lovecraft on Twitter. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. and he had that mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He had that one thread on um, Korean POWs where he, he talks about how- Oh, that one! Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He talks about in that thread how just little actions like that, that you perform, um, even if they go against your beliefs, you know, your, your thought processes will change to become consistent with your actions. And it's like a form, I mean, he talks about how it's like brainwashing basically. And that, I saw that happening with a lot of the people I had been talking to at Gordon who were posting, you know, these infographics, you know, that were doing Blackout Tuesday, like people that I had spoken to that were Christian, you know, came from a small town, conservative, you know, or like loosely conservative. Um, you know, suddenly they just became like radicalized and they turned leftwards because what BLM was able to do, you know, by making its messaging so ubiquitous was like to a convince... public religion, more or less. Yeah. 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 To use a, a Zoomer word, it was like kind of normalized in like the zeitgeist that black people are being systematically discriminated against and, and stuff like that. Um, and subject and... to um, like mass. Uh you know, like the Nimbebi uh, necropolitics sort of, which yeah. is a very interesting book, but like the way that it's applied by the wokes is <laughs> like that, yeah. the, the, the black bot, the sacredness of the black body is being traversed and being uh, systematically destroyed. And um, yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah, was the I, general. I had... 
Yeah, I, um, so around this point, I, I kind of still subscribe to the belief that, um, Black Lives Matter was like a neo-Marxist movement. I mean, there is kind of like that thread, but I, I think it's better that we just kind of yeah, with the like prison abolition it's... thing, there is a little bit of that, but really, I mean, yeah. the I Marxist. Just... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think um, it's just like an anti-white movement when it boils down to it. Um, and the reason why I say that is because around this time, I started to realize, like, as a white person, not to like you know play the victim here or anything, but you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like, if you don't embrace you know black culture you're not inclusive if you do embrace it you're appropriating their culture and mm -hmm. if you if you do see color it's racism if you don't it's also racism that goes back to the the uh, racism pyramid you know saying that color blindness is covert white supremacy so i was realizing like there's no way around this i they're basically kind of putting me in a spot where i can't really say anything you know what i mean Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, I just, you know, seeing how everybody was talking about it on their stories and stuff, I was like, you know, I, I, I got to speak my mind. Here. <laughs> so not, I, that is when, and that's, <laughs> that's when things that's got when real. It starts yeah. To, yeah. Yeah. So like, I, I, regardless I, of like the, the actual like material issues that disproportionately affect uh, African-Americans and yeah. the prison, the private prison system. And like, I think like if, yeah, if they were Marxist, yeah. I think black lives matter would probably be a bit better if it was actually uh Marxist, but we yeah. all know the sort of game that they're playing and the sort of dubious connections to the federal government. Uh, yeah. So yeah, forth. exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. But at this time, this was like the peak, you know, summer of pink Floyd. Like this was the sort of <laughs> pink Floyd. Summer of yeah yeah um the yeah. sort of like the these the religious fervor in public life was I you know. was something else to say the least I mean yeah yeah, yeah. and I I felt like I was a heretic uh, <laughs> yeah but um, apocryphal to the figure, woke yeah. religion but yeah so I I made a couple story posts myself on um you know I I posted some uh little bit of content i had absorbed from thomas soul you know how he talks about how slavery is like a human universal uh you know you had white people even slaves um the north african moors stuff like that um and at first you know i got a couple responses saying you know now's not the time you know now's your time to listen and to elevate black voices, you know, all the typical left-wing talking points. Yeah, that instantly um, mutes like any sort of classical liberal conservatism exactly. around yeah. these issues. Yeah, like Thomas Sowell is always like the go-to, you know. Yeah. So, and that's another thing too is um, just seeing how people were responding to me and how they didn't want to try and find common ground or anything. I I realized like. You know, the old conservatism, you know, the consensus conservatism of Buckley and stuff like that. That's yeah, not going to yeah, work anymore. Yeah. I was like, that's just liberalism driving at the speed limit. Especially in, yeah, especially like in the context of America. Mm. Because, I mean, as you know now, like by design, the sort of Buckleyite fusionism. I mean, as much as I respect what he did with Firing Line. But then Firing Line was like kind of like a subversive, like it. <laughs> yeah. a, subversive in the sense that. 
it was meant to steer the American right wing in a certain direction. And it was meant to sort of clip the garden of anything that was in, in some ways unique to like, not unique to America, but in some ways had a place in America, whether it be nativism and, and uh, isolationism and, and various like stuff that formulated paleoconservatism. And of course, you know, yeah, William, Buckley, yeah, yeah. William Buckley going to war with Pat Buchanan and getting like national review to get rid of like all the interesting people. And now yeah, left, like, like Sam David, Francis. Yeah. Derby. And, yeah. Well, that came after with Derbyshire and Mark Stein and, like, but now, I mean, National Review, now we're left with, like, David French. So, <laughs> yeah, like, that's, rip. The, and of course, like, I mean, you were too young to remember or during, like, the Bush years, um, conservatism or the right wing in America took a massive hit because no longer was it like the militia movement was gone. It was thoroughly demonized. Other more, other other strains of right wing thinking, uh, yeah. you can imagine, in the 1990s. Uh, it's funny because like just yesterday, me and Prudentialist, we did our um, he's just like me, Ryan Gosling episode of Oh uh, yeah, did, yeah. Did a lot of and we we did reviewed the believer as the one. <laughs> so <laughs> um so that was dead. The neocons took over, nobody liked it. The Bush yeah. era was such a strange time when it came to the culture war. But that's before your time. You're like, this is yeah, yeah so but this is a digression, I guess, but it's an important one in the sense of like that, like Ben Shapiro, epic truth bomb, classical liberal, own the libs, own the college students, <laughs> yeah. own the feminists, like that stuff <laughs> by the time of, by the time of 20, the summer, 2021, like that stuff finally people realized didn't work. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. And, um, obviously COVID was going on around this time. So, too so i think i mean a lot of people have written about yeah. this but covid yeah. definitely um the de well this the, yeah yeah the, the chinese delicacy yeah yeah, yeah chinese delicacy yeah. so going into the now this is when we first started attending gordon so i had already at this point like made some stories gotten you know some flack from some people and everything but all in all like we were everybody was excited to start school and everything so at gordon you know we we had to wear masks and everything and there was a lot of social mm -hmm. distancing rules and all that you know um that's and, really, that's very interesting how you were like of the generation going into undergrad while all of these measures were taking place and how you were almost robbed of that like initial experience of like meeting people I mean, of course, you probably had online classes as well. I'm a demand. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, so I, I I read this article recently, just to digress for a sec, um, that talks about how college is like an incubator for a Girardian terror, like mimetic yeah. contagion. And it, yeah. it made a lot of sense. It talks about how, you know, like 18-year-olds going to college for the first time, you know, they haven't made a name for themselves. Um, they're really like everybody else. And when you have everybody that is the same, it, it becomes like uh, sibling rivalry. Everybody fights to differentiate themselves. You know what I mean? People self-segregate into their it's, own. Yeah. It's part of the mimetic group. chain. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, when you're like this undifferentiated, like you're this grabastic hole that, that doesn't have a direction. Then Yeah. 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 
And I think if COVID didn't happen, there would have been less tension in the air. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think COVID and the anxieties around it exacerbated yeah. that kind of mimetic oh, you, <laughs> rivalry. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. The Chinese delegate. Because I know on YouTube, some people say the C words now, but I'm still yeah. kind of like, <laughs> I, yeah, no, it's nothing. It's not your fault. It's just, Chinese I got to be, where, yeah, yeah. So, no, but I write down, um, I, I try to write down like what I have the word, the timestamp of the words I have to say. To <laughs> but yeah, let's just say, um, cause I know like, yeah, the C Vidian era, I, I think probably can say C Vidian. Yeah. Like, uh, the Vidian era of, of that, yeah. of the last two years, the, of the Chinese delicacy. So yeah. Chinese yeah. delicacy. There yeah. <laughs> so I yeah, don't know how so, I came up with that. I think I was the first to use that <laughs> back in the day. I, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna adopt that, dude. Chinese delicacy. Yeah. yeah. I like so food, just too. keep in mind say the Chinese delicacy just for OPSEC yeah. reasons, right? So. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll try and I'll try and do that. <laughs> yeah, so uh just there was a lot of tension in the air and oh I'd imagine, yeah. Yeah, yeah so just to give you some background on Gordon, like they've kind of been embroiled in some culture war stuff in the past. Like I remember there was a controversy with the school over hiring um, or not hiring someone. I forget exactly the reason why. Um, oh, the first thing that they did is um, I, I remember Obama issued an executive order um, that had to do with um, something concerning abortion and gordon basically objected to that and i even think david french um offered to um to stick up for gordon legally um so yeah the, the school kind of has a I reputation think i vaguely for... remember this this was um i want to say around 2013 yeah yeah it was around yeah. that time mm -hmm. yeah. Dur yeah i think like it was during his, his second peak obama peak like 2013 where he was getting w after w in, yeah. in the culture and, war so yeah. yeah and michael Lindsay, he's not the president anymore they have a new president he left a, a couple of years ago um but yeah he was like uh he didn't really get involved in really hot button culture war issues but he did i mean it's a christian college and you know he's sticking up for his principles the school's principles uh which i thought was noble um and then, yeah, there was another controversy recently over hiring someone or not hiring someone on the basis of their sexuality or something like that. So the college has been not through the ringer, but it's it's had its fair share of controversy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there have uh, an LGBTQ club um, popped up. I'm not sure how many years ago, but it had or it has a. Um, instagram account where people can post like um you know about their experiences on campus as you know uh, a member of the lgbtq community um and that's and always sort of like you can tell what's going to happen next yeah and sort of like this mimetic frenzy of trying to 100%. um yeah hearsay and and events and this well this happened to me it's yeah but yeah yeah, yeah. And I had voiced my opinions on, you know, transgenderism and LGBTQ related stuff going into the semester. Um, and I think some people like talk behind my back. I remember, 
there's this one girl in particular I kind of had like a little kerfuffle argument with. Um, but all in all, like everything was kind of low key. And then someone uh, doxed me on the LGBTQ account, uh, basically saying, you know, I'm like a transphobe. I, I, I told supposedly I told some girl that her brother needs to like detransition just a lot of like inflammatory stuff with no basis in fact um and the person didn't say who they were in fact but, but did think... you tell her brother this or no no I, I i told her that i i'm pretty sure what happened was is i said that i don't think you can change your gender i think you're born with a certain gender you're either a male or a woman um male or a female and I don't know, she took that or misinterpreted that as me saying, like, um, you know, denying the existence of trans people or whatever. Yeah, gave um, them sufficient ammunition. Yeah, it, it happened a while. I'd have to go back and 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 look at the um, the message again. But the person hadn't even met me um, and was still making all these remarks about me. And I wasn't the only one too. there. I had another friend. Um, who was also doxxed um, and there were I'll, I'll give them some credit there were some people that were part of the LGBTQ community at Gordon that were sticking up for me that were like you know this is like cancel culture this isn't okay um, which I really appreciated um, and then yeah, so they ended up taking the post down and they apologized for it, which I thought was great. Um, and I kind of just carried on with the semester. Um, but there were a couple incidences at the school. Uh, this didn't have to do with the LGBT, LGBTQ community. Oh, God, I'm so annoying having to yeah, say the abbreviation. Yeah, yeah. But um, one student had um, vandalized... or. <laughs> I don't really know if it's like traditional vandalism. Someone wrote um, the abbreviation for like all lives matter on the wall or something. And like the school had like a huge March, everybody, you know, marched out to like a square and there was like a live streamed protest and stuff like that. I, I just kind of like, it yeah. wasn't even like those alt-right people, like those original, like back in the day, going around with the White Lives Matter signs. It was like just yeah. all live. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean is in some ways, I think, in some ways it's worse because it's like um, a sincerity post. It's like, yeah, it, it doesn't have the same troll. Like, because it's very easy to like put that in like an SPLC database. Like this is a symbol of hate, like White Lives Matter. But the All <laughs> Lives Matter is like the typical like boomer response to yeah, yeah. like this sort of mythical american like you know equality of opportunity deal and you know i think like like i remember like when i did my uh fourth of july special with my modern Art madness series i reviewed mcnaughton paintings and it was the uh the McNaughton painting with Martin Luther King with the MAGA hat and the all eyes. Oh like, wow. Yeah. That's like if anyone else did this, this would be like the like you could put this in selfies and sell it. But because it was Boomer <laughs> Conservative McNaughton, he's being sincere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I so this gave them enough ammunition to do their like, well, even in a Christian college, it's like we're we're participating too in a Christian college. Like, yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it just yeah, yeah. it further radicalized 
um, the student body. Um, and it, like, like you said, it's just a testament to how, how like different the Overton window is now. <laughs> like yeah. suddenly yeah. just saying, judging people by the content of their character rather than the color of their skin is like covert white supremacy. So yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, that happened. And then something like actually bad occurred on campus. Um, one student wrote um, F word and then the N word on like a white t-shirt and show. Oh, that was, that's much more substantially worse. Yeah. Oh, this man. is, yeah, yeah. This is actually bad. Total gamer words. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Heat a gamer moment type shit. Um, Did he so, wear it yeah, around was, as a t-shirt or he just left it somewhere? I, he left it in one of the dorms or I, I, I'm, I don't know if it was a he or a she or I don't I, I They never found out who did it. Um, who knows? I'm but, thinking um, that maybe was, no, I don't want to get all conspiracy. If that, <laughs> you never know. Right. Like, yeah. Like, was, yeah, yeah. Like um, it was, it was a liberal to like just stir shit up. Yeah. It was uh, another, yeah. it was an, yeah. Yeah. Imagine yeah. if they got caught like in the act. Oh no. <laughs> What you doing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, racist lip card. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So interesting. That would. Yeah. Yeah. So then, what? I'd imagine like the school kind of went unglued after that happened. That was. Yeah, yeah. Like there was like um, oh my gosh, it was insane. Like they, they went to Frost Hall, which is um, like one of the school buildings. Had like a moment of silence. You know, there was a bunch of different they even talked about changing the curriculum. I don't know if they ever went through with that, but there was like we talked about it in class. You know, they promised to hire um, more African-American like staff faculty, members and yeah. stuff like yeah, faculty. Um, so it was very consequential that what happened there. Um, and I was like, yep, not going to give not going to talk about anything yeah, right now. Obviously. I don't want to be. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to make yourself um, a target at that crucial moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, it was like, regardless of who did it, you know, that's, that's just not cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that emboldened a lot of people and obviously the all lives matter vandalizing stuff. Um, and then, yeah. So after that, um, oh it was that was actually during election season. it was like a crazy semester dude like we had uh the election in november you know all this stuff left over from covid and blm it was just like political yeah. polarization yeah. you know what i mean um and then yeah after that i was like i don't know if i want to stay here i ended up coming back in the spring um and ended up leaving after that um, and I had, I had run this meme account at Gordon <laughs> oh, God. and I never, oh. nobody ever knew that it was me. Um, and then I left Gordon and everything. And, um, I ended up saying that, you know, I run the meme account and everything like that. And <laughs> so fast forward to 2021, um, this is in like January or so I found, this uh, really funny post by some uh, Twitter anon. Uh, it was like mocking those infographics, you know, with like the minimalist corporate art. Um, yeah, if you, yeah, flat yeah. designer or um, yeah, flat yeah, design, yeah. yeah. 
and it, it was it said something like um anti-vax lives matter and there was like a bunch of like fake statistics and stuff yeah, it was clearly yeah. like meant to be satirical and i i was like you know what <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna post this on the meme account and um i mean it, it was i thought personally like it was meant to be just something funny yeah. um and then it just anti-sacrament like, lives matter yeah. yeah yeah it ended up garnering like a ton of like comments i i in my twitter thread that i have on my experiences at gordon um i include like just some of the comments like people threatening to contact my employer and like my parents on facebook and people were having their own separate arguments that were like paragraphs long Oh my in god. The comment section. And this is over like something that's clearly meant to be like a joke and people are literally like butting heads over <laughs> over this and I I was just like spectating. I'm like I didn't even comment in in this the comment section for a while. I was just like holy cow. This is how yeah. bad it's gotten. Um well, it's Instagram yeah. too, so that's Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And then um, just kind of that and everything at Gordon, I was like, you know, I've already seen some people talk about like Baylor University, which is like a, a Baptist school in Texas, mm -hmm. how they're starting to capitulate to the, the left and BLM and all that stuff. So I was like, this is kind of like a trend I'm seeing. I mean, we all know that academia is left and and stuff like that. But like Christian colleges, these places are supposed to be supposed to be bastions of like, you know christians and conservatives and stuff yeah, like that yeah um which a lot of them are but uh the student body in gordon and at a lot of other colleges like very very liberal <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so i was like you know i want to write about this so i i wrote the american sun article i think it's titled the zoomer walks into a college uh, and i i talk about my experiences there um but and when then, so it was this the event was the, if the sacrament meme that got you canceled or was it something else that canceled, um, quote unquote well it, it kind of happened like multiple times <laughs> yeah like yeah, first there yeah. was the um the lgbtq post uh which was like i think near the end of the semester where i was like doxxed and stuff but they they apologized for that they recognized it was wrong um and i i got you know, some flack. I had gotten a couple arguments with people over like stories I had posted on BLM, but I think it was of all things, the, uh, the joking post that was like some of the stuff that people said on there just, I was like dumbfounded, <laughs> like personal stuff, pe like friends backstabbing me. That, that was the worst part. And I read an article recently, um, a guy, I think he, it was for, American mind, one of those um, like paleocon magazines. Yeah. And he talks about how, you know, he was canceled and everything. Um, and what happens when you're like doxxed or canceled is you really find out which friends are real. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, Cause you become like radioactive. And in this day and age where, when everybody is, you know, curating their status on social media and stuff like that, no one wants to have any, you know, bad karma attached to them and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, I, I lost a lot of friends. Well, I wouldn't really even consider them friends. You know what I mean? But, um, 
yeah it was really it was one they of really the mask where, really slipped yeah that's yeah yeah and yeah. even amongst the conservative crowd too like this is another thing i'll mention is um you know i i was in part of the republicans club and i gave a speech um at like our first in-person meeting on demographics because i felt like Basically, the, the subject of the speech was, what do we stand to lose if Biden becomes president? And I was oh like, my God, oh, you, immigration... you had to have known that was going to be like start bringing out the Charles Mary. Like... <laughs> yeah, no, no. yeah, I, I oh, even included man. like the Robert Putnam like test oh, on like how yeah, even. Yeah, yeah. yeah bowling diversity alone. affects social trust and stuff like that. Um but yeah, I, I just felt like, you know, this needs to be talked about. And I in my thread on Gordon, I talked about, um, I think it's called like spiral theory or something. Basically, like the gist of it is, is that people will think that something is a minority viewpoint when nobody talks about it. When in reality, yeah. a lot of people share this belief and a lot of people are, you know, firmly against immigration and, you know, having their neighborhoods be completely transformed, the, just the texture of life completely being altered. But nobody really talks about it. So everybody thinks it's taboo. So I, I felt like, you know, I, I want to talk about this. And I, tr I tried to make it as, you know, as kind of um, devoid of like dog whistles, you know, like a, a Tucker right. Carlson segment. You know what I mean? I mean, he even goes pretty out there sometimes, but yeah, um, yeah. I didn't I mean, say anything well, about like the great replacement or any of that. Yeah, you didn't I like just... go full on like, yeah. you know, gab uh, telegram, <laughs> um, you yeah, know, bra yeah, bringing out yeah the FBI, you know, not talking about <laughs> the Kalergi plan or anything like it. I, dude, yeah. I posted um an infographic on the FBI crime statistics and black oh, on white no. crime during oh. BLM. Oh no. Oh my god. Yeah, I was asking for it, dude. Yeah, yeah. I, I hate to say it. I hate to say it. <laughs> yeah. I wish things were different. But that yeah. that's yeah, that's that's pretty nowadays, especially. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. In Canada, I think they don't they don't calculate crime by race anymore, if I recall. <laughs> oh really? It. Yeah, yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah, that well, doesn't surprise just, me. Like, yeah, I mean of course it's different though i mean in canada i mean there isn't compared to other pop like immigrant populations um but of course like the african-american thing like in america is such a unique experience and uh it's such unique like how shall i put this the the sort of intersection of like the view from of america by uh, the african-american experience as opposed to like being an immigrant in America as opposed to like being the the sort of well what's the politically correct term now the settler stock of America yeah yeah like that's oh god I hate that word settler but I, you know yeah <laughs> yeah I'm yeah. in Canada I gotta watch what I say uh but <laughs> no it's yeah it's so that that I could imagine garnered quite a bit of heat and was this the uh, if I recall reading your article this was the um young republicans or something something like that yeah yeah and everybody there was like pretty open-minded about it like obviously you had some people being like you know if we were to talk about this stuff um don't you think we'd be you know there'd be accusations of racism and xenophobia um alt-right uh, yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. um and 
I, I basically told him, I'm like, we're at the point in the game now where we can't just lump all of the left together and be like, identity politics is bad because it's it's here to stay, you know, regardless of whether we like that or not. Right. Um, right. It's like the left is hyper fixated on whiteness and, you know, we can we can take the MLK approach and stuff like that. But, you know, just based on my experiences at Gordon alone, like talking to these people, trying to be conciliatory, trying to, you know, build bridges, it's it's futile. It's like talking to a brick wall. You know what I mean? And but you don't just mean like the actual like Black Lives Matter. You mean like them and the white liberal, the the bias. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the activist class that goes to university. Activist and, class, yeah. Yeah, the awfuls, you know. Oh, the awfuls. Yeah. Affluent yes, white liberal yes. females. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's, yep. impossible. it's impossible. <laughs> it's it's a fool's errand to try to like... Exactly. Especially in the, around this era. This was like the beginning yeah. of like, like what we have now, which is a sort of cu cultural gridlock that is the sort of even the antagonism of just by the nature of the way things manifested and people getting banned and like the discourse yeah. around these type of politics being so contained. It's even like the sort of on the streets antagonism that you had in 2016. And even before that, I mean, that's sort of gone now that can't happen anymore. Or yeah, if it does, yeah. then it becomes this like huge thing that, you know, in a post Seville world, let's face it, in a post, yeah, what happened on the Capitol, then, yeah, yeah, that's it's and it's it's yeah. true for like older generations, like even boomers can't get along anymore. Yes, that have differing yeah. political beliefs. But if you think that's bad, like I, I remember, I think it was in like uh, the New York Post or something. There was a a study that came out that talked about how like something like one third of all zoomers identify as um or consider themselves like part of the lgbtq community or something yeah this was a pretty big um, news there. yeah new york post yeah, yeah i like, remember this yeah and it just makes you realize like if we're just debating about what a woman is like how can we see eye to eye on anything you know what right. i mean it's like yeah. this is a culture war they call it a culture war for a reason because there's two sides with diametrically opposed beliefs and there's no there's no way we can and now it's almost like a cold war in a way like in, in that yeah there it's, it's, yeah 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 because like even like the spectacle of like owning the lib in public like that's come and gone and i mean yeah. a lot of these grifters they screwed it up but i mean that even just through a combination of the risks involved even just like the futility of it and like because you know after a while i mean there really is, I mean, I think, and it comes up a lot, in, I think, in your writings, in the sense mm -hmm. of uh, the sort of older model of America being this participatory, like, propositional democracy where yeah. um, the, the ideal of, like, American federalism and the separation of powers, but yet there being this civic life that fosters dialogue and, yeah, like, yeah. either that was a fiction. I mean, Americans obviously get upset at this, that saying that that was a fiction or rather it's become a fiction and that model of participatory democracy in America, that's almost unintendable. Like that's yeah, almost, but impossible now. And I, I yeah. think that, I mean, I don't, I, I don't think it'll lead to a physical, I mean, some people predict this. I mean, I know Fahrenheit, Paul Fahrenheit had this. 15.ai or not 15.ai. The, um, did you see that one Twitter post? Oh, I think um, I artificial intelligence 
created pictures or whatever and someone inputted like november 6th 2024 or something <laughs> a bunch of dead bodies on the street <laughs> oh i think yeah i saw yeah. that but Hopefully but i mean the, the civil war thing i mean it's interesting i think that I mean, I don't know. I remember BAP had this thing about it won't be like what we think of it, where it'll be yeah. like this grand epic, like boomers are going to get out their M14s <laughs> and own the libs. Like, no, it's more going to be, I guess he said it'll kind of be like Sinaloa in the 80s, where it'll be gang, yeah. or it'll be like North Ireland in the 80s, where it'll be. Yeah, that's that's what I think. Gang warfare, essentially. Yeah. 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 I mean, even if it gets that far, I think maybe people will become so atomized that we'll do it through some kind of. Uh, metaverse vr program we'll have like cultural yes. street gangs in the vr <laughs> i don't know Someone needs to write a book on that i wouldn't be surprised if it already is it'll, it'll yeah it'll, there's gotta be some sci-fi writer that like extends the culture war into the matrix or something i don't know <laughs> yeah. but um so you're going through this mm -hmm. and, and then you are um what happens at the conference is there a counter protest or is there some kind of yeah. um so there really wasn't any pushback because it was pretty much just Republicans there moderates and stuff like yeah. that. And everybody was pretty cool. Um, the leader of the Republicans club, I won't, I won't say his name, really nice guy. Uh, but, you know, after hearing my speech, he was like, you know, I don't really believe in being reactionary. You know, as a Christian, you know, we have to be we can't subscribe to like identity politics and stuff like that. Okay. Um, yeah. And, you know, it, it's a respectable position to have. I, I happen to disagree with it. I just feel like we're at the point now where we kind of have to see that the writing is on the wall. And they're <laughs> like they, you know, yeah, this, like abortion is like a holy sacrament to the left. It's like there's no and obviously their views on homosexuality and stuff like that. Um and I think that trying to be conciliatory only creates more conflict. And I talk about in my article how they, they recently had a speaker at chapel um, at Gordon. Um, you know, they ha they invite speakers to come and like talk about like the gospel and stuff like that. Um, and this guy, he talked about sexual harassment, said, you know, some some uh, nothing like really bad, just kind of off-color comments and stuff and people took it really far and um yeah he, he was he's not allowed to come back to the school to speak anymore gordon like prevented him from coming back oh my god um and, what did he say like alluding like was it just a joke or was it uh um i he it was like i think it was a joke directed at like um I, i'd have to go back because i, I don't want to misquote anything right um, right it may have been something that had to do with like the lgbtq community and obviously that's a very delicate right subject. right um yeah and I, yeah. I remember gordon invited some of the lgbtq people to the chapel to like talk about their lived experience you know what i mean as a part as part of the lgbtq community um and i was like you know, this is only going to create more tension because the way you reduce conflict is through hierarchy. You know what I mean? Because when there's status ambiguity, people's like, people are like, you know, I could just say and do whatever I want. You know what I mean? Like my friend Andrew, he's in the, the military. Um, and, you know, you step out of line once it's, you know, you get reprimanded. 
you know, yelled at even. Um, so people know not to mess around. You know what I mean? Everybody yeah. follows yeah. the rules and, and yeah. But um, when there's that status ambiguity, and this goes back to like Gerard in, in like sibling rivalries, the narcissism of small differences, it creates yeah. more conflict. So I'm, I'm convinced that even though Gordon ever is starting to kind of seed ground to the LGBTQ community. I wouldn't be surprised if like five years from now there's like an official club or, um, you know, they change their, their school policy on homosexuality or, or something like that. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, even a lot of the Gordon parents, they actually wrote a letter um, about how BLM is like anti-Christian and stuff like that. Um, and sent it to the school. And I, I feel like, <laughs> yeah, it's, they're just going to keep capitulating. I, I think in their mind, because of the declining number of students, I, yeah, I think they, they, yeah, have to, they have to, yeah, they have to. So it's like a financial thing too, probably. Yeah. yeah. It was sort of like mm -hmm. woke capital argument. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so then, yeah. Mm -hmm. So then I'd imagine like, did, they discover this conference and did they yeah yeah um no i i think it just kind of convinced a lot of my my friends that i was um i mean i i talked about um this is kind of like a, a dog whistle but like making people or white people in particular more racially conscious because i think yeah that's like a I huge earlier, dog whistle yeah <laughs> yeah i mean but yeah. it's true you know it's like I firmly believe that the left is trying to change the demographic composition of this country. Um, well, they say it's politically much. advantageous. I mean, yeah, yeah. They, a lot and of you them can call that what you want. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, there's clearly a racial aspect, especially with BLM and all of that stuff and critical race theory and all that jazz. Well, well discourse taught. in America has always been heavily racialized. And, and I guess, yeah. I mean, even exporting that discourse to the world now. Uh, the very particular American experience with race and, uh, and and the discourse around it is very uniquely, I think, American. And now, but yeah. now the rest of like, especially the rest of the Anglosphere, I mean, it's mm. pretty much the same, right? But um, oh, hundred percent, yeah. And I know that. So, what happened with like your Young Republican Club getting death threats and everything, and like, um, yeah. so yeah, they got a, they created their own. Um, college newspaper called the gordon review which has a lot a lot of great content on there there's a lot of great writers at gordon um a lot of my friends well read and smart i i, I like reading the stuff on there um and yeah it's they got some flack and everything um but generally speaking like it's it's kind of been smooth sailing, I think, at the college since. Obviously, you had that controversy with the the speaker and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think the tent, everything's kind of been dialed down a notch. You know, with COVID, kind of, yeah, not become being a thing anymore. Um, there was the the Ukraine, you know, war and everything, and everybody blue and yellow rallied yeah. around. Yeah, there was yeah. that. The the next current thing. <laughs> hmm. Um. But yeah, so since since January of 2021, I've just kind of been doing my own writing. Um, and I guess we could kind of segue if you want into some of my threads. 
Yeah, yeah, um, that's what I yeah. wanted to do. Um, mm -hmm. If you had any more final thoughts about it, because I know like you covered it pretty extensively, um, mm -hmm. the American Sun article and the subsequent thread. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the one thread that you, I think, because um, I, I was reading, you turned it into an article. Um, mm -hmm. I think maybe we could start off with is the one where you compare the sort of similar, um, what would you call it? Techno uh, Libin philosophy of both uh, Harari and Tekazinski. And I think that's yeah. very interesting how uh, they sort of share similar assumptions, of course, radically different conclusions. So maybe yeah. if you could talk about like the similarities between the two, I guess they mm -hmm. both are, are um, I guess they're both of witness to the way in which technophilic society changes one's subjectivity and yeah. one's desires and desire being, I mean, the basic Deleuzean point about desire being a conduit to the subject and how desire mm -hmm. shapes the subject. But of course, like radically, like incredibly radically different conclusions. So maybe yeah. you can talk a little bit about how, like what, are, what motivated you to write it, but also like what are the similarities between the two first and foremost? I guess. Yeah. 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 So I, I've been seeing a lot of clips um, of you, Yuval Noah Harari. He wrote, um, this book called Sapiens. Yeah. The big Reddit like, book of the, the century. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah. A lot of celebrities reading it. I think like Chris Evans read it. I, I don't know if it was on uh, Obama's favorite list of books, but I think it, it is. Like I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. just, I saw it everywhere at like Barnes and Nobles. And um, so I, I, I read that book. Um, he basically, so he, um, he kind of, part of the same school of thought is like Jeremy Bentham. Mm -hmm. um, he kind mm -hmm. of, he feels like all of human nature is kind of revolves around pleasure and pain and the state should orient its people towards maximizing pleasure and reducing pain, suffering. Basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of like very materialistic view yeah. of human nature. Um, and that kind of ties in with his views on technology and the biotech revolution. But anyway, so he wrote this book called Sapiens. He's given a lot of talks at Google. Um, and obviously he's become Davos kind of like, and, yeah, Davos, yeah. part of the World Economic Forum and stuff like that. So he's I felt like he's kind of like the um, the philosopher or intellectual, notable intellectual behind like the Great Reset. Um and I, I mentioned in my thread this book, great book called The Happiness Industry. Um, and it, it mentions the World Economic Forums in like 2014, you know, how they they talked a lot about like new age philosophy and how that could tie in with like um, new technologies, smart technologies yeah. that like quantify people's behavior. The, um, this came out of like the, the sort of... Um... Well, well, accelerating in the 1990s with like the California yeah. ideology people and even people like Terrence McKenna who would go to Eastland and there was a bunch of Silicon Valley tech nerds there. It really grew out of the human potential movement. Yeah, 100%. Of course, we all know the, the, the bioluminescent connections with the human potential <laughs> movement in Eastland and Silicon Valley. And um, a good friend of mine, do you know uh, Saturnalia Sundown on Twitter? Um, I don't think so. No, you, you may have seen one of his threads around, but he talks about this connection between the early Silicon Valley um, adopters coming out of that 
school for problematic kids. What was it called? Cynodyne, Cydon. Um, oh yeah, I think I, I saw you retweet that. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, and how a, a Palladium uh, article on yeah, yeah, Buddhism in, in Silicon Valley recently too. I, I have to read that. Yeah, of course, Palladium itself—they're very ambiguous. They're like almost, hmm. I would, I would say, the right side of that. Yeah, I actually <laughs> even think they like the World Economic Forum, like, um, like they they have ties with the wef or something i'm, I'm not sure i remember seeing why something I'm blocked about that. by them i Being think like... because i call them glow in the darks maybe that's why they block me. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's why yeah. um i know people like i know some of them were a part of like more based publications that i was affiliated with back in the day like um social matter but i mean i'm mm. generally skeptical of them but i think that like there there is i mean but then again you never know like if it's always the paranoia of right wing spaces like a Theo Box and all that yeah. discourse, the new right and Theo Box and um, yeah. you know I wish I got my check in the mail on time, but uh, <laughs> it's yeah. So, but in terms of like this intersection of new age mm -hmm. thinking that was heavily like broken down and watered down and bastardized into yeah. like the mindfulness thing and the human potential movement, then later a bunch of tech nerds for you know one day for no reason at all a bunch of tech nerds decide to adopt this like quasi new age mindfulness which i don't know oh, i don't know why it's kind of weird <laughs> yeah. but you know same people affiliated with eastland is also in silicon valley so um <laughs> but then so Noah harari i think is like mm -hmm. the logical synthesis of that in terms of left-wing thinking of that yeah. well i wouldn't even say i would say neoliberal thinking i wouldn't say explicitly. neoliberal yeah i think that's a better term the left-wing yeah. comes into play but it, it's more of like this neoliberal um, world uh, like Walton Shang, where yeah. it's the synthesis of that like new agey, like hippy dippy, you know, then later Silicon Valley people, human yeah. potential movement. And I think like the logical growth out of the new atheists who didn't offer yeah, anything. That, that's, in my I, that's a, I, yeah, failure. that's a really good point actually. Yeah. Cause um, he, he does write a little bit about spirituality Um in his books and I wouldn't really consider him like a new atheist. No, um, no, he's, but he's more of one of those spiritual, but not religious types. Um, yeah. And his reasoning behind that is, you know, he talks a lot about how, so he makes the differentiation between um, like fictions that organize society and um, like actual, like scientific fact and he, he, I remember there was one quote, I, I mentioned it in the thread, how uh, you can get two different people from completely different countries to join and fight a war on the basis of their shared belief in the c c Catholic religion. Um, so he thinks that like all of, all of those beliefs are illusions and stuff like that. And the material world is the real one. Um and all the he's like the anti-plato in that sense yeah, yeah 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 and he um yeah he materialistic in his philosophy um and he and a lot of his his talks like at google he talks about um the biotech revolution and he talks yeah. a, a lot about um you know like surveillance capitalism how yeah how yeah. corporations collect people's data from smart devices and the internet of things 
Um, but he talks about how soon that data collecting will go under the skin, you know, with like Neuralink type technologies and soon, yeah. you know, quantum computing and like, um, you know, Google Glass, stuff like that. You know what I mean? Um, and the, this, and this, this thinking, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So he, it's basically the new era everybody will have their digital identity where all of your purchases, all, all of your clicks, all of your social media posts, Google searches, all of that will be used to, cr to create this like digital profile of you, which will determine what you see, what you think and what you feel. Um, and that's basically like the crux of um like the great reset, like the fourth industrial revolution is the creation of like this digital identity. And then and, it would be radicalize you. It would make you happier. Yeah. It won't have not even yeah. known no thoughts about, you know, <laughs> yeah, certain... you'll own nothing and be happy. And what's so pernicious yeah. about this is that this biotech revolution, it will, you know, provide us with a lot of beneficial technologies, especially in like, the healthcare field and stuff like that, you know, like artificial pancreases and artificial organs and just the sky is the limit. You know what I mean? Um, but what's so dangerous is, I mean, obviously there's privacy concerns and stuff like that, but when your entire reality transforms um, in accordance with your digital interactions and stuff like that, it like complete, like you said earlier with desire, it completely changes how you orient yourself towards the world. Um, and I, in my thread, I talk about how, um, so th there was this suicide note <laughs> written by this guy, Mitchell Heisman, I think his name is. Mm -hmm. um, and he talks about how liberalism and human rights um, are like um, post biological evolution, almost like, mimetic evolution has taken over biological evolution and yeah then now their, we can have yeah. pure epigenetics of the mind rather than of genetics in the body yeah exactly yeah. yeah and in it he talks about how which again is like um, this intersection of new age thinking this is like the you know uh conscious evolution age of aquarius yeah, type yeah yeah yeah, yeah. There, there's one uh, Twitter anon who makes a lot of great posts on this. Um, he has a Substack too. His name uh, Schwab. Me. Yeah, yeah, Schwab. Yeah, Schwab. Real human. Yeah, yeah. yeah and he names names too. He, yeah. Yeah, yeah, his threads. Uh, he deletes them a lot, but I I take screenshots just yeah. to to save them because <laughs> they're so good. Um, but yeah, it's like all of the technological innovations. Um, especially since, you know, like the third industrial revolution with computing and all that stuff from like uh, the 60s and stuff like that. It feels like we're edging to the point where we're getting closer and closer towards the point where we have like a global brain, you know what I mean? Which is almost like well, people like Harold, um, Harold Bloom, not Harold Bloom, uh, not the literary critic, the SciTech uh, guy. He was he's always in coast to coast. I think Harold Bloom. Or not yeah. Howard, Blue. yeah, Harold Blue. He talks about the global brain. Um, unfortunately, his brain was also broken by Trump, so that's uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, his idea. Cases. He has the book, The Global Brain. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, in some ways, I mean, even in like like the way the consciousness spreads like a rhizome, and the way in which it sort of digital yeah. technology offers a sort of 
like a sort of exo brain global consciousness that is yeah in yeah the palm of your hand like it's it's always been an idea that's been bandied about like even in the 60s even since like buckmeister fuller and the glo- you know the sort of spaceship earth idea and yeah. uh, but i think now like that people with serious money and serious power are like interested in these ideas it's kind of like it's yeah. not going to deliver like a hu- utopian uh you know like yeah, buck exactly. my fuller. we're going to recognize that we live in spaceship earth and we're going to take care of it no it's like the opposite so yeah. and there, there's a lot of great books on this um in particular like i'm i'm reading this book right now called uh, darwin amongst the machines and it oh, talks a lot that about one. yes 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 yeah, it, yeah and it talks a lot about cybernetics and stuff like that and a lot of these intellectual trends teal hard i think is is the Chardin, yeah yeah phenomenon yeah, like in man new sphere and all that jazz um so yeah he's mitchell heisman's not the first person to talk about this but i felt like it was relevant because um you know you have nick land you know talking a lot about you know capitalism and its effects on evolution and stuff like that nowadays with the reactionary right and mitchell heisman talks about how human rights and liberalism in general have basically like ended nature's selection pressures like no longer do we have like um you know, I mean, we had the world war and stuff like that, but generally like things have been pretty peaceful. Um, and I think it was even Nietzsche who said in times of peace, man attacks himself. And I think that's yeah. true. Like we have completely eliminated famine um, or I mean, there's still, you know, food famine in the world. But, yeah. In the yeah. third world. But um, at least in the Western industrialized um, world, um Natural selection, I mean, it's always going on, but um, I think technological evolution has started to outpace us. Um, like there's more and more information and less and less meaning. You know, that famous quote by, um, I think it was ba- Baudrillard. How do you Baudrillard, think? yeah. Baudrillard, ba- Baudrillard, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, well, it's even the selection of it is very much like, when Nick Land talks about it, well, I mean, well, Nick Land, I think he borrowed it from Spandrel or Spandrel got it from him. The IQ yeah. shredder. Biolenism. Um, yeah, the IQ. Yeah. Biolenism. Like how selection, like capitalism, like global capitalism, like neoliberal cap, whatever you want to call it, late capitalism, it selects for a particular subject. And exactly, it pr- yeah. selects for particular behaviors and particular instantiations of subjectivity that lead to like, I, well, if you're a reactionary, if you're like on the far right, then you're going to call it like favelization, global brown. Like it's, but yeah. rather in terms of our consumption habits and in terms of how we think of the world, I mean, it's very much like the, again, like the song Imagine. It's very much like yeah. Noel Harari, <laughs> like you own nothing, you'll be happy. There's no roots, there's no identity. There's the identity you have is the identity that you consume. Um, it is the body type that you can consume, or rather, you're not controlled for, but through medical technology you can compensate for um it is you know this weird sort of relation to um our own like like rootlessness deracination and also this sort of like pseudo events and pseudo beliefs that people have that formulate yeah. like des- desire will eventually channel itself like, who knows in the future like the the human phenotype will evolve to like uh um in, increase its sodium take by a massive amount unheard of in 
decades previous or something like that. Like, yeah, you know, it's it's yeah. I the love... microplastics will aid our evolutions or hinder <laughs> yeah. evolution yeah. somehow. You know, the microplastics will uh, our human genome will have to account for like the mass prevalence <laughs> of microplastics in the environment. Who knows? Yeah. Right, so. so yeah, the the biotech revolution. It's it's a really interesting um, thing to think about. And um, this kind of ties in with Ted Kaczynski. I'll start talking about Ted Kaczynski now, I think. Um, so I'm, I'm sure most people watching this already know who he is. Ted Kaczynski, Unabomber, wrote The Industrial Society and Its Future. Um, I, every, everybody knows like who Ted Kaczynski is, but like his writings, I mean, people will say, you know, The Industrial Society and Its Future is poorly written, you know, like... You know, you had a lull talking about the same things and stuff yeah. like that in a but, much more academic fashion. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I don't think industrial society and his, its future is his best work, uh, no. but anti tech revolution, I think, is is really where it's at. Um, and in that book, he talks about uh, like self prop systems. Uh, that's one of the terms that he uses, which is like um, I'm trying to think of a way to describe it um like a self-prop system it's like a system that nature like a complex system um that nature sets up and civilization is like one giant especially the global like international order is like one giant complex system and it's very interconnected and tightly coupled and what yeah. happens with that is that when there's one little change in the system it has a butterfly effect, you know, like just completely changes the entire system itself. And like COVID yeah, was a perfect example of that. Yeah. It's like rhizomatic um, in that sense. It, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It changed, but it changes the social body as well. Like it's like, again, another Deleuzian term being like the molecular, the molecular is like this, the structure of a molecule operating as a self-contained unit, but also yeah. like, taking energy and other chains of events and other, other sort of sequences from other molecules. And, and uh, I, again, cause Deleuze, you have to really like feel like Deleuze guitar. You have to like really feel the terminology because yeah. they're using terms that are essentially the same, but are in different contexts, like molecular striatus, no smooth space, nomad, arborescent rhizome, as opposed yeah. to striated state model. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the molecular is another like, the molecular model of society being this dynamic self-contained entity that can harbor other aspects depending on what it encounters in its greater milieu. Um, yeah. But now we don't have that. We have purely a molar society. We have a yeah. very strident <laughs> space. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so Ted Kaczynski is talking about self-propagating um, molecular structures within nature. I guess society could potentially be one of them. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, this is from technological slavery, but he talks a lot about how, I mean, this, this could just apply to your own life too. Like right. uh, you can usually point at one decision you've made in the past uh, that you had no idea would transform your life, but it ended up being very consequential. And he talks about how the same thing applies to technology. Like when Henry Ford gave us, you know, the automobile, we could have never anticipated, um, you know, how that would have just, completely transformed the american landscape you know cities being built for 
for cars and, you know, obviously all the car accidents and stuff like that. I mean, it just completely transformed everything yeah. about your life, everybody's life. Yeah. Um, and he also mentions, you know, coal, how, you know, it led to environmental degradation. But nobody, when they invented all, of, you know, these technologies, they nobody could have anticipated the consequences of it. And I think what's happening now with the Great Reset and, you know, with all of these new technologies, like um, I, I talk about in one of my recent sub, uh, sub stacks, uh, CRISPR, which is like this gene editing software. Um, there was one guy in China who um, I, I think they were these twins where he inserted a gene or something where he tried to like make them resistant to HIV. I, I don't know. Yes. If it was yes. There was, in there was this experiment. Um, yeah. I believe he was jailed they, and everything, but the twins, they theorized me develop some kind of like weirdo. Again, man, man, who is beyond their wildest yeah. imagination, some kind of like weird autoimmune disorder and that yeah. they, yeah. Like there's, I think the Chinese government, the scientists are keeping a close observation on them. Cause they're going yeah. to develop like, cause then, you know, imagine if like they take HIV and they mess with it and they create some kind of like, it's kind of like the, with the crops, right? Like, you know, now yeah. why not put fertilizer in or rather <laughs> round of resistance in the crops. So it's just going to nuke everything else around it. So it's like, yeah. what if we do that to humans with diseases? <laughs> then, you know, we'll see what happens with that. Like, you know, eating roundup and now maybe yeah. the human genome will be so affected by like our quest for bare life. Um, you know, like again, total Giorgio, yeah. like all of all the philosophers who have ever been vindicated in their lifetime, Giorgio Agamben during the, the Chinese oh delicacy gosh, era has been vindicated. You know, despite 100%. what people like Bratton say, you know, well, Bratton is even more of a high minded theory cell compared to Harari. Cause like they have that same, like if you read his book, like trying to own Agamben, uh, like how, the human like by nature of disease vectors and by nature of interconnectedness, how the human is no longer a subject, but an object. And that this object um, objectivity as opposed to subjectivity dictates that we have to have a global approach to combating certain maladies to preserve their life. And that, you know, it's very disturbing stuff because, yeah. But, but then again, like, I, I guess when it comes to thinking about, I, I was thinking about this while I was reading this. Uh, I was thinking about Alex Jones as someone I've listened to for years. I'm trying to think of like the, cr the more reactionary critique or whatever you want to call it, reactionary. Let's call it like post-liberal critique of conspiracy thinking in the yeah. sense of like, we talk about the world economic forum and we talk about this sort of clownish, you know, like schemes and operation mockingbird. And, you know, uh, what was the big thing in the 20? <laughs> yeah mk ultra paperclip <laughs> yeah the sort of big well that's a left-wing one now because now you could yeah. like say that like the cia manipulates all reality the cia is manipulating this conversation right now and don't <laughs> yeah. you know the esoteric yeah. austrian painter people they're ready to come out of antarctica <laughs> because of that one scientist said so in that one country in the middle east i wonder if that is anyways i'm not gonna youtube algorithm youtube algorithm um no but what i wanted to ask is uh my former, my former uh, chart, I wouldn't say co-host, but my former, per, you know, guy I used to do a show with really believes yeah. in that. So uh, anyway, 
<laughs> Anyways, um, it's kind of interesting, like ex- being more critical. I think of like conspiracy thing. Like I know, like certain people on the e right, like um, they they like, you know, like certain. I mean, third positionist is a meme term. It's not exactly accurate, but let's yeah. say that for argument's sake, third position. I know, like certain people on the e right, they'll criticize quote unquote contards and conspiratoid thinking and the schizo posting and. But but I do think like there's a critique there because think of it this way like yeah and I want to get your take on this like mm-hmm. okay why do we oppose these grand systems that wish to oppo- impose this new vision of the future and, and humanity on us the, the the transhumanism the World Economic Forum is yeah. it that we believe that there is an originary source of quote unquote freedom that they're transgressing very much like the Alex Jones you know, humanity is built with an inborn spiritual freedom and they're trying to yeah. oppress us. The, 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 you know, the cheese pizza, you know, demon goblins. Are, you know. <laughs> but in that, do we not examine that there is problems with stating that there is this quote unquote original freedom that's being transgressed and therefore we have to fight them. Or is it that we don't like them because it grates with our particular vision whoever whatever is or are is like whatever we are this thing of ours is tom 77 says um is it that we hate them because they want to specifically destroy our vision of what we think should be nationalism tradition or even futurism for that matter or do we hate them because we believe in this like boomer con conspiracy thinking of like there's this original source of freedom, especially in America. This is a very big idea. The original yeah. God source of like the constitutional freedom that they're going to destroy. Like I, I just remember like the 2010s, even before that, the 2000s, like when Alex Jones came out with Endgame. the big thing, I always say this. I loved because I loved when people talk about it. Uh, Alex Jones would talk about oh, the continuity of government. That was the big thing. That was in all the secret government papers, the continuity of government. <laughs> Things collapsed. Yeah. There's going to be 10 mega governors, you know, and Mitt Romney is one of them. And, uh, you know, that the continuity of government must be ensured. And that was like a big thing with like uh, this intersection of American conspiracy theory thinking and like biblical about the global brain too. Like, yeah, you yeah. know, like, elites communicating interdimensionally yeah. with other beings and yeah. And, the, and, yeah. and there's this like end times, like Hall Lindsay, late great planet earth. That was yeah. very big in the 80s evangelical movement. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like a particularly American thing, though. I, I like, Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I mean, conspiracy theory. theories yeah. have always <laughs> been an American thing. Yeah. But, um, I mean, what wasn't that, like, label popularized after, like, the JFK assassination or something? Like, some intelligence it was agency? by the Rand Corporation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember hearing that somewhere. I I mean, that word has become like a misnomer because like what constitutes a conspiracy? Because there clearly are conspiracies like that we know of. Yeah. Um, I think what people are getting at when it comes to conspiracy theories is whether there is a whether grand... like these. Yeah. Like some grand plan that, you know, like people are going to the Bilderberg meeting and they're talking about you know, creating or, you know, the Antichrist and stuff like that. And I definitely think there's secret societies. I mean, like what happened with Jeffrey Epstein and what's happening now with Hunter Biden and all of his stuff getting leaked out. Like clearly these 
our elites are unruly people and they practice degenerate behavior. Whether Queen Elizabeth is drinking baby blood, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, all that stuff wouldn't surprise me. I, I wouldn't be surprised if like some of our elites are like cl like closeted Satanists and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I think the, the Satan panic has gotten kind of a bad rap because there were... It's 100% of... real, by the way. Yeah. It's, I... Ironically, 100% real. Um, yeah. In the 80s, like, there was, like, people like Ted Gunderson that was, like, exposing them. But, like, there, yeah. there, you'd be surprised. I mean, in Hollywood, we know that there is... Um, you know, I mean, God, the, the guy who came up with the space program, Jack Parsons, was a Crowleyite. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot of connections oh, yeah. with Crowley and Schwab does a, a great job of kind of, um, you know, naming names and and showing all the connections with like NGOs and stuff like that. I I, I definitely think, I mean, there's like a we all know there's a revolving door between like Silicon Valley, all big tech, and all the government agencies and stuff like that. Like, I think the the distinction between the public and private sector is yeah. old and antiquated. This is where I disagree with Moldbug, because, like, Silicon Valley was built on government funding and technology, yeah. and they're always... Yeah, and, and even the internet itself, like DARPA, like, they laid the foundations for it. Um, like tech libertarians just piss me off in that regard because it's like, bro, yeah, like it's not this like free creative innovation that led to all these things. It's like, no, bro, you were the internet yeah. was built off of the bones of the nuclear coordination program. Exactly. The bomb yeah. literally built the internet. Like when you think about it, like the DARPA, yeah. like the DARPA tech that like created the first server hubs. Like it's yeah, yeah. So the whole like tech libertarian thing, like it's just yeah. Which I hate to say, a lot of NRX people, they or whoever remains of them, like it's. Well, I say no more. I'm just gonna piss people off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Take it blow after blow, though. <laughs> the Hobbit article that was like. Oh yeah, I saw a yeah, lot about that. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't read it yet, so I can't give my two cents. But you're taught take it on it. Everyone's giving. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, no, poor Curtis. Poor Curtis. Oh. Yeah, he's always. But we love our Curtis Yivan, folks. We love our Curtis Yivan, but yeah, but you know he's rough. He's rough. <laughs> <laughs> imagine like Trump, like imagine Trump, like on True Social talking about Curtis. There's this guy, <laughs> Curtis Yivan. If I'm elected president again, with the Ministry of Transportation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's make him the Ministry of Truth. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Curtis Yivan's gonna help me take it. Peter Thiel and cross the Rubicon with hobbits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cross tech Silicon Valley Rubicon. <laughs> yeah. and Peter Thiel. They're gonna be my guys. They're gonna be part of my truth and reconciliation. <laughs> truth. What was the what was the Goebbels one? Um, Ministry of Propaganda and Public Enlightenment. The Ministry of Public Enlightenment. <laughs> I'll be, you know. But then, of course, Curtis, he'd love that. Like, cause then it'd be like. Well, if you're an elite, then it's like, you know, you don't have to tell people that you're a minister of public alignment. You have to like <laughs> dude, I'm digging this impression here. Yeah, we're we're just <laughs> we're just digging we're just going down the you know inside baseball that everyone yeah seems to love. But so anyways, yeah, yeah. So mm -hmm. what was I saying about yeah, so DARPA technology creating the internet and then like the picture of the human being, this like co-creative evolutionary entity with advances in technology and sort of like things that like sci-fi writers have been writing about but now 
but but I wonder like what you make of this critique of like do you think that like why do we hate them so much? Why do we hate these conspiracy like why what motivates conspiracy theorists and does it lead to the same like classical liberal assumptions? Yeah. But is there truth I, I to think, it? Yeah. Yeah, I um so I I recently started reading Rudolf Steiner who's mm -hmm. kind of a theosophist. Kind of reminds yeah. me a little bit of Guénon and Evola. And yeah. someone recommended me this one book by him called The Electric Doppelganger. Um, oh, and it talks yeah, a lot yeah, about like yeah. secret societies, you know, going all the way back to Illuminism and and the French Revolution, how there has been like um, a secret elite that's trying to impose, you know, like we all know the Freemasons and stuff like that. There's um, always secret societies in human history. Yeah. 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 How there's been like these secret societies all throughout history that are trying to impose a materialistic view of human nature and trying to make it a reality through capitalism and, and social movements, you know, like communism, uh, whether, you know, there's some secret elite that are behind. It. All of, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know that. Um, that's, or if it's just the product I, of like certain discourses and yeah. yeah but i i definitely think i mean you can find a common um i mean going back to e michael jones like libido dominandi he talks a lot about illuminism in that book um you know trying to uh create a population that's very unruly um very promiscuous how that's a form of political control um, and I do think if you read a lot of, I mean, even Yuval Noah Harari, who, you know, he's total libertine that, when it comes to sexuality, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like he's, uh, he reads, subscribes to an evolutionary view of human nature and stuff like that. Oh God. Um, See, this is the problem I have with like Evo psych, like the rationalists, yeah. the neo rats people. Cause yeah. like, as soon as, like, okay, I know, like, there is some truth, like, there's a lot of truth to it, but when you, like, reduce things down to, like, evolutionary psychology, then you start getting to, like, weirdo, like, sexual dynamic things about, like, well, yeah. you know, perm screw is natural, because then it's, like, you know, like, a lot of those, like, like go to AL's Twitter, you'll, you'll know what I mean, you'll, you'll see, yeah. go to her poll. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but, like, yeah, so, what, well, so what about yeah so he subscribes to this obviously like libertine interpretation of like polyamory yeah. and yeah that's and i, I think where. going back to what you were saying earlier about like this original kind of holy conception of freedom that's always been part of like the american liberty you know, movement conspiracy yeah liberty yeah. movement i think what they're getting at with that is people sense that this vision that's being imposed upon us, like with the great reset, you know, with critical race theory, you know, all these wacko ideologies, it's, it doesn't feel human. You know, it feels like they are robbing us of our dignity. Um, right. Right. And I think that gets to the core of it because I mean, you look around and you look at the world with your own two eyes, like politics aside, like, it does feel like the world within which we live is is inhuman. You almost have to to sacrifice your humanity, your dignity in order to 
get by in this world. And I think right, that's right. what Alex Jones and what, you know, even like going back to the Theosophists like Evola with, you know, Ride the Tiger and modernity, all the, his critiques of modernity. I think that's what they're getting at. Yeah, is... the perennialists and then the, well, the Theosophists are kind of like strange in the sense that they rub shoulders with yeah. a lot of like the other current that we're talking about. But then there are mm. some of them like that either broke free of theosophy or became very like aware of what was going on, like, um, you know, like Steiner, like Jiddu Kushnamurti. Um, Evola, I think he maybe have ta talked about them once or twice. I'm not going to do the Logo Dallas meme, okay? I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. But I think he did mention them a few times. Like, uh, you know, there was a lot of like, of course, he was associated with like the more. Um, the more woke, uh, you know, Thule society. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, woke, you know, and our appropriation of it. Uh, but yeah, so th there was a lot of like different trends. I mean, I think that yeah. my, my thesis is that um, there was sort of like the, the sort of European mystery schools that was like a proto new age movement that young, at least intuited in the, um, in the, the 1910s after the first world war he basically predicted the age of Aquarius, the new age movement, because yeah. before that was these mystery schools and was like various, like, you know, theosophy was one of them. And then that led to like the new age movement proper in the fifties and sixties. Um, and of course that, that led to like a lot of like quote unquote globalist ideology that we have now, but like yeah. the current, the other trend in Europe was of course, perennialism was of course the traditionalist school. And, yeah. you know, like those the right guys, they, the right wing version. Right. And like they yeah. were cast out of academia forever. And after especially after a certain Austrian painter. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like Gunyan and uh, uh, Vola and even even like like the more moderate ones like Fritjof Schuon. Well, I mean, Fritjof Schuon had his own problematic when he went to America and he became a cult leader, more or less. And <laughs> A lot of young indigenous girls and you know um but you know there's shuan there was like kumaraswamy and like even those guys they were sort of like they they took from a lot of like james frazier um they they took from like sources that were basically anathema in european academia during the 60s and 70s and 80s yeah and and only now like a bunch of like weirdo freaks on the internet are basically <laughs> like reviving them so yeah, even yeah. like um, Jordan Peterson, like, I mean, Carl Jung, I, I'm not sure if he was involved very much with Evola. I don't know if they I think he knew all. about Evola and yeah. Evola certainly knew about him. But yeah. um, I don't know if they had a correspondence together because I, I, I should look it up. I wonder if there's some weird. I know that he I know he had some dialogue with certain perennialists, but he like he. Young is interesting because he sort of hovers around like praying in the space. Cause like chances are, if you've read young, you've read like Huxley and, and uh, Houston Smith yeah. and, you know, Love maybe, yeah. And maybe Gunyan. Like I think Gunyan is of course like a very good logical step from Carl Young. So in some yeah. ways, yeah. I, I started reading um rain of the quantity recently. Yeah. Rain of quality. Um, the center of the center. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love, I love that. That book is fantastic. I feel like it's it's especially relevant now, you know, because we're starting to talk about like dataism. I mentioned yeah. that in my thread, like the quantified self, how, you know, 
our human self is being kind of just turned into like zeros and ones you know what i mean with with all these smart technologies and stuff like that um yeah i felt like that book is very pertinent yeah yeah thank you everyone for listening to the content-minded podcast if you wish to support me and to unlock every full and uncensored version of each week's podcast, please go to patreon.com slash productions. You will not only get every full and uncensored version of Content Minded, but you will also get exclusive content, such as my Giner Reviews series, where I analyze and pick apart various interesting and insightful books or essays. Every episode will be uploaded to Anchor, which will upload them to Spotify, as well as my backup channel on Odyssey. Please look out for new content every single week, and please look out for The Digital Archipelago with me and The Prudentialist. Thank you once again to all of my beautiful patrons. Thank you all for keeping the content renaissance alive. As I always say, God bless and goodbye.